0: Hey, welcome back to the program. You hear that? Uh, They call that a rejoiner. Doesn't that make me feel big and powerful and important? Here on today's episode of Live Mike, we're covering the big debates. I would not have any idea on how to handle topics of this magnitude, uh, presidential debates, uh, elections, uh, anything like that, if it weren't uh, for the great Doug Wright, as you have heard me repeat over and over. Because really, I'm just trying to uh, bask in his glow. I worked for uh, for Doug for a number of years as his producer. Uh, I-, I was his producer, Amy, uh, back in the day. And, and Doug uh, has, a- has a big day today. Uh, he joins me right now. Doug, sir, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, Lee, and wow, what an intro. I'm going to have to, would you record that so I could put it in, you know, my my memoirs?
0: Absolutely. I mean, as long as you don't pronounce (laughs) memoir that way ever again, but absolutely. (laughs) The memoirs. There you go. That's the way. Uh, Listen, you have a big day. There is a presidential debate, uh, which I I presume that you'll catch on the TiVo later on, because uh, you also this evening will be moderating uh, the gubernatorial debate between uh, the Democratic nominee and the Republican nominee. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But uh, I wanted to say that it doesn't feel exactly right to be working here at KSL and not traveling around the country chasing down these candidates. It's, uh, with you like we did in the old days.
1: You know, we had a great, great time. 2012 especially was just a, a golden year, and we were all over the country, not just at the conventions in Charlotte and in Tampa. We were everywhere. And, oh, my goodness, what an experience that was for me and I hope for you. We, do, we just had a great time, and it was, it was so good working with you back then. Uh, you know, just a great, great producer and now a great, you know, great talk show host. Keep going keep going <laughs> you want them for your memoirs too that's right that's right
0: we saw we saw a lot of tactics used uh at the d- debates we saw folks get uh, folksy we saw them get aggressive we saw them get uh, professorial which is a word I stole from you uh what tonight do you think if you could predict if you get out your old crystal ball uh, what do you expect from these two tonight
1: well you know I I expect everything from mud wrestling to who knows what. Honestly, with the wild card that we have in the equation, which is the, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, I just don't know. And, you know, often... You'd see I I remember the debate. It was the first debate between uh, then President Obama and Mitt Romney. Remember where I mean, even Saturday Night Live made fun of it, like when he was being asked a question, he was wondering what he was going to buy Michelle for their anniversary and so on. I mean, the president was so bad in that debate and Mitt Romney just cleaned up well the president learned his lesson very quickly and came back and performed very very well we've seen moments where george uh, herbert walker bush was appearing to look at his his watch and that was uh, devastating in that there i you know for heaven's sake to to show you how long i've been engaged with this i can remember watching the nixon kennedy debates with my grandparents back in the day i was just a little kid but i remember those and There there are legendary stories that go back and forth. One of the highlights, a really dear friend of mine was a weekend anchor at WBBM in Chicago. And when Carrie Cochran took me through their studios there in the late 1970s, she walked me through the studio where the Lincoln-Kennedy debate had been in Chicago. And I remember just thinking, oh, my goodness. But back to your question after that long, circuitous route, uh, I don't know, Lee. I don't know what to expect tonight. Remember in the debate— between uh, then-candidate Trump and then-candidate Hillary Clinton, there, there one of those debates, it was almost like the term has been used, stalking, that Trump was just walking all over the stage, almost mm-hmm. like stalking his opponent. Yeah. And it, it freaked everybody out. And so I honestly don't know what to expect tonight, but there are some things I'll be watching for, if you'd like to know
0: uh, well, let me. I do. I do want to hear that in just a second. But you said something interesting a moment ago that uh, it triggered in my mind this whole like hypothetical scenario. I, I have, you know, as I've been hosting this program, I end up with the feeling that I am only as good as my last show. Uh, so whatever that, whatever the most recent show is, however that uh, played out, that's how I feel about my career in total. And I, and and it's, it's the true with sports, right? You are only as good as your as your most recent battle. Uh, and I wonder if it is also the same in debates. When there is a scheduled series of debates, uh, is it the last one that really counts? And so, this hypothetical scenario I've come up with: uh, should Mitt Romney and President Obama should the should the the first debate have been the last, and to have seen uh, President Obama perform the way he did there uh, against Mitt Romney as he did in the first debate, w- could could the course of history have been dramatically different?
1: I believe so. I, th- I think it could have been a game changer. You'd like to think that we all uh, would <clears throat> weigh it, we'd, we'd weigh the two, three debates, whatever it might be. We, kind We given very ag- short memories. Yeah, give an aggregate score. But no, we, we usually, and the closer it is to the election, the last event that happens tends to be the one that you remember and has the impact on you. You know, there was a president of the United States that is highly revered uh, in military capacity and as, as a president, a Republican president. But if there has been any criticism for Dwight David Eisenhower, it was that he was too much influenced in his military career and in his presidential career by the last person that either walked out of the command center or walked out of the Oval Office. And I think the American people in general have that same fault as it were we are too much influenced and we weigh too heavily the last thing that we witnessed
0: and these candidates are are smart they have smart teams with them and and this principle is a real one and this may be this may be a warm-up i mean the
1: the the real battle may be debate three yeah no absolutely absolutely and tonight it's going to be interesting too Uh, i have placed a lot of blame. In the past, on the the moderators, first of all, there are too many moderators. One hundred percent. There are too many, too, too many fingers. There's no in the need.
0: There's no need for more than one.
1: That's right. And uh, honestly, Lee, I, I and I understand it sometimes where they have the national moderator, and then if they're in a particular town, they okay. have somebody from Cleveland or they have somebody from Salt Lake City for the vice presidential debate. You know, I'll, I'll throw them a bone on that for a question or two, but it ends up being a circus. And then I love the big pronouncement you always get at the beginning of a national debate, especially, that we are going to adhere to these rules. We expect the audience to be quiet. We will give each candidate this and this and back and forth. And then the moderators, first of all, they're stepping all over each other, and it's confusing who's asking what at what given time. And then it's almost, I, I, I hate to say encouraging it, but they certainly let the reins loose. And sometimes it makes me wonder, I mean, are they just going for the, the catfight? Are they going for the the off-the-rails train wreck? Or are they really that out of control? Either way, it's it's their fault. If they let it get that far out of control, it's their fault. And if they are letting it go that way for ratings or just for the show of it, shame on them, it's their fault also. So will the moderators tonight be able to keep any decorum at all, and I recognize that that's tough. I've had some debates where it's been a little tough. Sometimes, though, as I mentioned earlier this morning with uh, with Tim and Amanda, sometimes we're almost too cordial here in the, in the state of Utah. Yeah. Although I I had one debate on here years ago, I thought they were going to come to blows, but we shan't get into that now. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you... I'll tell you about that. I'll I'll do, you I do want to hear that. All right. Yeah. I'm, going to hold yeah, you yeah. Me. I'm
0: going to give you a call. Uh, l- last question before I let you go. You, sir, are de- are moderating the gubernatorial debate. Uh, time is right. very tight. Uh, give me one or two of the questions you'll be asking.
1: OK, first of all, I want to see what the state of Utah is going to be like at the end of the term of, you know, whomever wins this upcoming debate. That could be to, uh, you know, 20 20- uh 28 for example what will their signature be on the state of utah what will their goals be and then also i don't want it to turn into all covid all the time smart covid is a factor it's going to be with us for a while we will always be talking about covid to one degree or another for the foreseeable future but utah has a much bigger future than covid and i want to get into that
0: very good looking forward to it sir uh my friend and coworker the great Doug Wright moderating tonight's gubernatorial debate. You can hear that here on KSL News Radio. Uh, also, just a, a great person to chat to. Look back at history and understand, uh, really, in good context, what tonight's presidential debate means, uh, both for uh, tonight and for the election at large. Doug Wright, again, thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Lee.
0: All righty. We're going to take a break here. And when we return, we've had a a good serious chat here about the debate. We're going to lighten things up a little bit in the next segment. And I'm going to ask you uh, to pull out your presidential debate bingo card. Yeah, we're we're doing it. We're going to do it. We're going to play bingo next. What do you expect to see uh, on the lighter side of things tonight during the presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Presidential debate bingo next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Berry, and this is KSL News Radio. Okay, welcome back to life, Mike. I, I, I promise. I, I promise. I'm taking this debate seriously. I, I promise you. We just spoke to the great Doug Wright. After the news break coming up here in, in just a few minutes, we're going to be speaking uh, with an expert reporter from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, the host city for tonight's uh, first presidential debate that taking place on the campus of Case Western Reserve University. I've been there before, not as a student, but as a a friend of a student. I went and visited uh, one of my old high school buddies there. Uh, It's a really cool campus, uh, really cool energy there. And it's a a fine place, I think, to play host tonight to this presidential debate. All right. With that said, with with a promise of seriousness, uh, both behind us and coming up on the horizon, we're going to take a break from that right now. And we, for a moment, are going to prepare our uh, debate night bingo cards. All right. Now, now here's the reason I'm, I'm okay uh, having a little fun with this. It's because much of what we will hear tonight, we already know. You, you've heard me, uh, you know, quasi-complain about the topicality of. Tonight's debate, we we were treated to an early release of the topics. uh, Those including the Trump and Biden records. So ask yourself, how do you think Trump is going to characterize his record? How do you think Biden will characterize his record? I think it will be uh, I think it will be rather positive in nature. I think that that each candidate will attempt to shine a positive light on uh, their respective records and. Uh, the inverse true as they offer commentary on their opponents' records. So, moving on in the topic list, the Supreme Court. Obviously, Trump is very much in favor, as evidenced by his behavior in moving through very quickly uh, with what the Constitution in, has empowered him to do and nominate. Uh, someone to the Supreme Court. Next up, of course, uh, Senate uh, hearings and ultimately a vote on the Senate floor. Uh, Joe Biden, former vice president, has communicated exactly the opposite. So uh, with that said, I'll, I'll just let you know I won't go through them all. Uh, the rest of the topics are all similar in nature in that each of these two candidates has had ample ample opportunity uh to to respond and so uh there is little i predict that will be learned uh tonight and i wonder uh, how many decisions will actually be made so with that with that said uh let's have a little bit of fun there <laughs> i can't even ta- i'm having a hard time taking this topic seriously um <laughs> so you know how bingo works right You've got the board on the bingo card. You have different squares that have, uh, you know, different words or happenings. And tonight, uh, during the debate, if you have either an actual or your imaginary bingo card there in front of you, each time one of these uh, sayings, one of these phrases or (laughs) or whatever is uttered, then you get to mark down that square. And you get one, uh, you get a full line of those, and then, uh, I don't know, you shout bingo and you win or whatever you win to the bingo hall. Uh, so, again, debate tonight. It's bingo time. Uh, ask yourself what you think will be heard. So let me go through uh, a list uh, that uh, that our own producer, Gustavo, has uh, prepared here. Uh, there are some interesting ones. So on the, on the Biden side, um, uh, so so this will be the, the, the use of a, a malapropism. Now, when, when Gustavo gave me that word, I thought, uh, hold on a second. I don't know what a malapropism is. And so he was very—he uh, was very— Kind uh, and gave me a definition, and so uh, so for Biden tonight, uh, there are those who will be looking for malapropisms. Definition of that word: malapropism is the mistaken use of a word in place of a similar-sounding one, often unintentionally amusing. Uh, as in, for example, dance the flamingo instead of dance the flamenco. All right, you get that one. Uh, I I think I do that on occasion. I, I know I'm in the talk business and I shouldn't really have uh, habits like that or hang-ups like that. Uh, but I, I know in addition to my stuttering and stammering that you hear ad nauseum, I think that there are occasions where I uh, use malapropisms. If you, if you catch me u- using one of those, uh, why don't you send me a text? Call me out on that, Five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. In addition uh, to that, uh, folks listening to Biden tonight, will be looking for him to use the word folks. Uh, references to the middle class. Uh, also, y- you know you've heard this one. Uh, close your eyes and just envision uh, Vice President Biden on a stage uh, making a point and starting that sentence and starting that point with the word "look, look, 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 look." Let me give you the straight dirt here. Look, look, look. You get that one? I hear, I hear it cr- crystal clear. Uh, next one: Joe Biden tells a story about some average Joe quote average Joe work- worker that he met on the ca- uh, on the campaign trail. And then uh, also references to his time working with uh, President Obama, uh, of course. Now, let's jump over to uh, the Trump side of things. So as you hear uh, President Trump speaking tonight during the debate, uh, keep an ear open for some of these phrases. Huge, huge. Uh, China, you know, uh, said in that special way that he does. In fact, I think I have. uh, Here we go. Here here we go. This is what I'm looking for. Sometimes
2: they say huge. Huge. Sometimes they say huge.
0: <laughs> so if you hear that tonight, if you hear if you hear huge uh, pronounced in that special Trump way, uh, you get to you get to make a, a mark on your bingo card. And then China, you know, pronounced in that special Trump way. China, <laughs> China, China, China. All right, if you hear that one tonight, uh, you, you get a square. Uh, what else? If you uh, if he makes any uh, claims about the the coronavirus. Um. It, oh, if, if President Trump talks about uh, voter fraud, uh, or and, and this one, th- this one is so I, I think it's likely to come up, and and I, I don't like joking about it, but I do believe that it will be a theme tonight. So, so stepping aside from the. Uh, from the jovial nature of this time, this segment, if you hear President Trump uh, accusing uh, Joe Biden of wanting to defund the police, now that is going to be an interesting an interesting debate if it arises during tonight's uh, debate there in Cleveland. If President Trump accuses Joe Biden of wanting to defund the police, I will not be surprised if the response from Joe Biden is uh, swift and stern and clarifying uh, in that I have now listen, Joe Biden supporters uh, certainly have uttered the words uh, defund the police. There are certainly those marching in the streets with uh, big uh, posters, with the words defund the police scrawled across them. But those words I have yet to find uttered by Joe Biden. So I'm kind of anxious to see them go back and forth on that to get both clarification of uh, Joe Biden's position and also to kind of put that to rest uh, should it need uh, extensive clarification. All right, Uh, moving on here. Uh, Well, Actually, let me me play for you some of the audio. So these are some of the things that we'll be looking for tonight. So if President Trump uses one of his nicknames, Sleepy Joe. Yeah. Sleepy Joe. Yeah, so if uh, Sleepy Joe is used tonight, you get a square. And then here uh is Vice President Biden uh, using the word folks, of course.
1: Look, folks. I want to set the record straight <laughs> in a couple things. Look, folks. I want to set the record straight in a couple things.
0: That was two. That
1: that was I
0: think that one would count for two bingo squares because he started the sentence with the word look <laughs> and then he referred to the audience as folks. That that's two. That's a double. Uh and then this one. This one is classic Joe Biden.
1: With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.
0: With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, so that that's another that's another twofer. With all due respect, that's one, and then the word malarkey. If you hear malarkey, uh, that gives you a, a Joe Biden square. Now let me uh, just. St- Turn your attention now over to a, a Facebook post of yesterday. I was curious what uh, some of you may be looking for tonight in this fun, lighthearted, uh, little vice or presidential debate bingo uh, arena. And uh, you were very kind. I asked what's on your presidential debate bingo card. Uh, the response is pretty funny. A lot of good ones. And you know what? If, if you want to go on there and add to this, it certainly give me a kick. Uh, so would you do that? Lee Lonsberry on Facebook. Now, uh, you'll want to look for the live mic logo. It's up in the corner. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, make your way over there. Uh, like the page, of course. You know, the bosses like seeing m- my numbers uh, boost any chance I-, I can get. But also, while you're there, the most recent post uh, looks at uh, th- this question What's on your bingo card for tomorrow's debate? I, I posted it yesterday, so you know, the-, the timing's a little off. But go on there, uh, read what others have said, and add their. What you think you'll see tonight, and I'll go through a few of these real quickly. Trump University, reference to Trump University, reference to Hillary's emails, uh, reference to Hunter Biden's finances, reference uh, to debt to Russia, uh, reference to uh, President Obama, Sleepy Joe, Russia, fake news, $750, stormy, you get that one, and Ukraine. All possible Possible phrases to be used during tonight's presidential debate, uh, which could you, which could earn you a little circle with the bingo dauber on your bingo card. All right, so I, I apologize for the frivolity. I know uh, we should be paying attention, close attention uh, to the very, very important matter at hand where uh, the nation's future will be debated on the debate stage by those two individuals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we had fun. We're going to take a break now. When we return, we're going to look again... Uh, at uh, this debate but we're going to do so with a little help uh, from a writer from cleveland a, a reporter from the Plain dealer that's the big newspaper in cleveland ohio uh, which plays host to tonight's presidential debate we're going to ask seth richardson reporter about how the city is doing how they prepared and what utah can expect when the vice presidential candidates arrive here in our state october the 7th that's coming up next on live mike i'm lee Lonsberry and this is ksl news radio Welcome back to live Mike I'm Lee very big t- big night tonight in the world of politics. The first debate between President Trump and Democratic nominee for President Joe Biden will be live from Cleveland. And some some are speculating this could be the most watched political event in American history. the most watched political event in American history. Does that ring true to you? Do you think that the excitement surrounding what's going to take place tonight in Cleveland uh, will equate to the most watched? political event in American history. Fascinating. The The Plain Dealer is the name of the big newspaper in Cleveland, and that paper has been closely covering the debate tonight, uh, and it's been reporting on the stakes for each candidate. Listen to how many eyes and ears could be on the debate tonight. A little background. In 2016, the first de- debate between then-Republican nominee Trump and Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton pulled in 84 million viewers. That's huge. That, that, that's a, That's a massive audience. That doesn't even count the people who were uh, watching at parties and bars or restaurants or offices or even on C-SPAN. Uh, tonight, though, tonight, okay, in 2016, 84 million viewers. Tonight, there are predictions of close to, and if not more than, 100 million viewers for Biden v. Trump, uh, that according to the the plane dealer. Why is there so much interest In this debate, Seth Richardson, uh, a a reporter, in fact, the lead politics reporter with the Plain Dealer in Cleveland, joins us right now. He wrote a a viewer's guide to the debate tonight. So first off, Seth, thank you for your time.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Lee.
0: Yeah. Uh, How has Cleveland been preparing for the debate tonight?
2: Well, you know, as you can imagine, uh, there's been a lot of prep work going on um, over at the it's going to be hosted at the Cleveland Clinic and Case Western Reserve University at the uh, Samson Pavilion over there. So there's a lot of inside work, obviously, because, you know, you have a lot of coronavirus restrictions going on. Right. Can't have a large crowd and have to have social distancing and those kinds of things. But, you know, with uh, presidential debates come, you know, large crowds that follow them. Right. These are usually uh, high fanfare events uh, for protest activism, organizing, all sorts of things. Um, So we're seeing, obviously, more, uh, you know, higher police presence, higher security presence here. Um, Not totally surprising, given, uh, you know, the way uh, uh, the 2020 has kind of unfolded out, both with the pandemic and uh, the uh, nationwide protests following George Floyd's killing. Uh, So, yeah, we've uh, we've we've just seen a a pretty big increased police presence. The governor uh, has dispatched the National Guard up here if they are needed. It's uh, just a preventative thing to. You know, counter any kind of uh, uh, large protests that are going to happen. But the the real odd thing is, while while there is this heightened security that you see everywhere, um, you know, so far there there haven't been kind of these these throngs of people in this big uh, uh, sort of fanfare that you see in other years. You know, partly because it's such a limited debate, and uh, you know, people aren't really you know too keen on going out uh, uh, this time around. So it's sort of this weird uh, night and day approach.
0: You, you're, you've reported there's anticipation of uh, of up to 100 million uh, viewers tonight. Cle- Cleveland is no stranger to to big events. I was there myself in 2016 covering the Republican uh, National Convention there. Uh, I also, when I was younger, I would travel back and forth to Cleveland to see LeBron James play. You 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 guys know about big crowds. Where does this stack up against the big crowds in recent and uh, big events in recent history there for the city of Cleveland?
2: Now, thus far, it's not very big, again, because, you know, with those other events, what you get, like you said, you get people like you who travel to the city and, you know, come in here and there's uh, throngs of reporters who are coming in here and every kind of activist group wants to come in here and all the parties want to come in here and the campaigns just want to put people out there, you know, uh, uh, doing volunteer work or paid work even for the campaigns. And there's just all these different types of people that want to come. With the pandemic going on right now, though, uh, you're not seeing near as much of that. You're seeing some local organizing. And there are certainly people up here, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not like the typical kind of, uh, you know, the RNC or right. uh, the, you know, NBA finals or anything like that, where you're bringing people in and you just have hotels completely at capacity and just everybody's coming in all at once. Um, it, it, it's a real sort of a limit, limited footprint, so to speak, uh, as, at least as much of a limited footprint as a, a presidential debate could be.
0: Yeah, we're speaking with Seth Richardson, the lead politics reporter for The Plain Dealer in Cleveland, Ohio, which tonight will play host to the first of a series of three presidential debates between, of course, Donald Trump and Democratic nominee for President Joe Biden. Uh, the, there have been uh, over, over time a number uh, of, uh, well, let me just re- restart this. There is a, a, an understanding of what will be covered tonight. The topics uh, at the debate will be uh, things like COVID, the Supreme Court, the economy, race and violence, uh, And but there are some topics that are missing. What, what topics won't we hear about?
2: Well, I don't think we're going to get a real extended discussion on healthcare. Uh, maybe one that is warranted because it is typically one of the uh, top issues on everybody's mind. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some stuff that comes up during the uh, coronavirus and Supreme Court sections about healthcare, uh, particularly Obamacare. But uh, the fact that it wasn't, um, you know, its own topic at a debate that's being hosted by the Cleveland Clinic, um, right. you know, at their uh, healthcare education campus, it, it does seem a little odd. Um, you, you think you would touch on that because there, there, is, there are these sorts of questions surrounding that. And I think the other big one that uh, has really shaped people um, the wrong way is climate change, right? Uh, you know, out there in the West, you've seen what's happened You know, with the wildfires going on everywhere. We've had a record hurricane season. And, uh, you know, there's, there's really doesn't seem like there's going to be um, any kind of discussion on climate change um, in, in this debate. Uh, so those are the two really glaring ones that kind of stand out. But, again, it's also been a really news-packed year, so when you're, when you're limited to six 15-minute segments, you kind you'll kind of have to take the topics that are in front of you. And, and, you know, there are two more debates. I'm sure climate change and health care will come up in a greater capacity and probably one of those others.
0: Do you predict that there are many, uh, many in Cleveland and around the country who are watching tonight's debate and who remain on the fence, undecided between these two candidates?
2: No, that's the big question I've been trying to answer, right? Because this is unlike any other presidential election year. And, yeah, you know, it's coronavirus and the pandemic's going on. Everybody's at home. But the reason that it is so different uh, from kind of a, uh, you know, voter engagement um, uh, standpoint is because think about it. Everybody has been pretty locked on to what is going on in politics essentially since March, right? Uh, The country was, you know, basically shut down for quite some time. There weren't, you know, sports or movies or any of these other distractions. Everybody was paying attention to politics really from, you know, basically throughout the entire spring, if not the entire summer on top of that. And now it's only amplified, uh, you know, just because everybody kind of is in tune. Most people in most election – I don't want to say most people, but a lot of people in election years – probably aren't really paying super close attention to the presidential raise until, you know, roughly the summer's over, right? They want to get get through with their fun, and then they can kind of get back to business. This time it's a little different where everybody has been paying attention for so long, and it does seem like most people have kind of decided, at least if you look at uh, poll numbers in a lot of the real important states. I mean, take, you know, Ohio, for instance. We just had three pretty, you know, high-quality polls come out here last Thursday that are showing, you know, something like maybe between like two and four percent of undecided voters. That's really low, yeah. um, but in something in, in such a close election, that four percent really does matter, right? You got to make plays around the margin. So that's why you're seeing a little bit of creativity coming from the campaigns.
0: Listen, you've got a full day ahead of you. Seth Richardson, lead politics reporter for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland, Ohio, again, hosted tonight's presidential debate, uh, a series of three of them, number one happening tonight. Uh, Seth, listen, I'm jealous of your vantage point tonight. I wish I could be there with you to observe uh, at least how things play out on the street in that beautiful city of yours.
2: Well, hopefully I'll do it justice when you read my story in the morning.
0: All right. We'll, t- we'll certainly uh, click our way over there. Thanks again. Seth Richardson from The Plain Dealer in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, you-, you heard there in our conversation brief mention of moderator Chris Wallace. I want to take uh, some time when we return to talk about his role, uh, specifically Chris Wallace's role, and also the role of a moderator at large. Uh, I'm going to ask for your questions as well. What do you think ought to be the role of a moderator? I've moderated debates myself. I'll share with you some of my experiences and what I think we should expect tonight from Chris Wallace as he moderates the first of three presidential debates. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're going to wrap up this hour, continuing our conversation about the big debate coming up tonight. You're going to be watching? I'll be watching. It'll be. It'll be baby Piper's baby Piper's first debate. No, is it, that's not one of the that's not a milestone we track, right? I, I don't think photos of this evening have a have an empty slot in the baby diary. <laughs> maybe her first haircut, she loses her first tooth. Certainly, photos of her first steps, uh, her first words, such like that. But not not where was she during the first uh, presidential debate of her life? No. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I'll invent that. Maybe the for the for the parents. Uh, or, or for the, yeah, for the parents uh, of politically-minded babies. Yeah, that's a product. We'll workshop that and come up with something. Uh, I'm reminded from a texter here that uh, tonight, Cleveland, Ohio will not only play host to the first of these three presidential debates, uh, but also it is game one between the Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. Now, uh, similar to the debate, there won't be any uh, crowds in attendance, but... Uh, there will be uh, some events competing for attention. Both of them in Cleveland, Ohio, tonight: New York Yankees versus the Cleveland Indians, a wild card round. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Uh, and l- who knows which will be more exciting: uh, that that baseball game or the the debate here uh, between President Trump and Joe Biden? We'll find out. Uh, and and a big part of how tonight plays out will be the performance of debate moderator Chris Wallace. Now, before I go on. I need you to. I need you to help me out with something. I have throughout the entire day today been uh, referring to Chris Wallace by his father's name, Mike Wallace. I have made that mistake so many times. In fact, I was on with Dave and Djanovic earlier this morning, and I think I did it two or three times where I said Mike Wallace instead of Chris Wallace. So if you catch me making, them, I, I'm hyper vigilant about it now that I'm self conscious. But if you catch me make a mistake, 575-00, Utah Community Credit Union, text line. You just text in, scold me, Uh, remind me I ought to be more uh, precise and deliberate with my words as it is I am a talk show host here on the radio. So Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace, his job uh, tonight is to moderate. What does it mean to moderate? It means that he will present to the candidates... Questions or prompts which will elicit from them uh, responses which ought to be informative to the voter. Now, we've gone back and forth uh, about what the value to the voter is of tonight's debate. And depending on your attitude, you, you might view it as a very powerful and important and informative exercise or Uh, You may view it as some kind of ratings grab for the TV networks or uh, some sort of opportunity for grandstanding and showboating on the part of uh, the candidates. Regardless, the moderator is uh, pretty much the third character in tonight's tonight's presentation, but they are not on equal footing with the candidates. What do I mean by that? The moderator uh, ought to be nearly invisible. Okay, when tonight's debate is all said and done, we should have no Chris Wallace memories. We shouldn't uh, ask ourselves or we shouldn't be, uh, you know, standing around the water cooler at work tomorrow saying, hey, you remember when remember when Chris Wallace really like held their feet to the fire and did all that fact checking on the fly and, uh, you know, had that gotcha moment and he really got them both and none of that. We, We should we should not even remember that Chris Wallace participated. And so in addition to asking the questions, uh, he also is responsible. Chris Wallace is tonight responsible uh, for the time limits. Now, he is granted some discretion. So if uh, you know, a candidate is on a roll, is sharing some bit of information that, uh, you know, in the estimation of the moderator is valuable to the voter, then, of course, let it go. And then in fairness, you offer maybe to the opponent uh, either additional time to respond to that point or you tack that on to the end of a future response. All right. Uh, it is not uh, necessarily to play ringleader. Let's remember back uh, 2016, you see uh, Chris Wallace. He's been at this for a while, long career in broadcasting. He's worked for NBC and ABC. And uh, way back in 2003, he joined Fox, in fact, becoming the first Fox News anchor to host a presidential debate. That took place in 2016. So here on the debate stage, just a quick reminder of uh, Wallace in action. This is Trump v. Clinton with, moder- with Wallace as the moderator.
2: They did For sec- by surprise time. wait, wait, wait. Secretary Clinton, it's an open discussion. Secretary, please they let Mr. Trump unfit.
0: Now, that didn't last much longer, and that clip was only about nine seconds long, and it seems that by the end of it that uh, it had been settled and that Wallace had restored some measure of order. That is an important tactic. But uh, in the execution of that tactic, you should not yourself... Become uh, a uh, a character. Okay, in this story, there are two characters. There are two leading roles. Uh, one tonight occupied by Donald Trump. The other, Joe Biden. Uh, Chris Wallace is a facilitator. Now he was asked. Uh, During uh, uh, an interview just last night on Fox News, uh, what he viewed his job to be uh, tonight during the debate. My job is to be as invisible as possible. I'm trying to get them to engage, to focus on the key issues, to give people at home a sense of why I want to vote for one versus the other. Okay, very good. He used that word invisible. I'm glad he did because that's exactly how I feel. He continued about his role of the moderator. If if I've done my job right, at the end of the night, people will say that was a great debate. Who was the moderator? Outstanding. Exactly right. I'm so pleased that he has that understanding. Now, let's just hope and cross our fingers that he actually follows through with that. Okay? Because if he doesn't, if we remember Chris Wallace, it's a disservice to the voter because it means that he will have taken time available to these candidates to make their point, to make their point, to either to either recruit to their side, that very narrow measure, very narrow amount of Americans who are still undecided, or to rally their base, Right? We've talked about the various uh, goals of the candidates, and one is to energize the base uh, to get those supporters who are uh, you know, vocally supportive, but maybe, 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 uh, for whatever reason, uh, aren't exactly planning on engaging the electoral process this year. You can be a, a Trump or a Biden supporter, uh, but if you don't cast your vote, uh, you, you, your support is nothing but empty words. And so that uh, will be one of the goals, certainly, of tonight's debate by the, the two candidates. Last point I want to make before we go to break here has to do with something that Chris Wallace a moment ago didn't say. He didn't say that he would be acting as a fact checker. Uh, On Sunday, Presidential Debate Commission co-chair Frank Farenkoff on CNN's Reliable Sources had this to say on the decision to not have the moderator engage in fact-checking.
1: When we choose moderators, we make very clear to them that there's a vast difference between being a moderator in a debate and being a, a reporter who is interviewing someone. When you're interviewing someone, if they say something that is in direct opposition to something they said a week ago, your duty is to follow up and say, wait a minute, you didn't say that a week ago. But that's not the case in the debate. If one of these candidates says something on the stage Tuesday, that it's the role of the other person in a debate to be the one to raise that and say, wait a minute, you changed your position and so forth, rather than the moderator.
0: Okay, you hear that? Uh Mr. Ferenkoff there, he said that it is the responsibility of the other participant in the debate to do the fact-checking on the fly. I agree with that in part. I do agree that you know should on-the-fly fact-checking happen in this setting, it should come only from the opponent. But in terms of fact-checking at large and allowing what takes place tonight on the debate stage to influence and inform our decisions at the ballot box... It is you and I who bear solely the responsibility of fact-checking. If you hear something tonight that strikes your ears a little bit sideways, you hop on the Google and you search around for source documents and interviews and find the information uh, that leaves you satisfied. You and I are the fact-checkers, no one else. Quick break. When we return, we're looking at the third district race for Congress here in Utah. That's ahead on Live Mike here on KSL.